it's episode 56, and we're going back to Hanukkah 2015 with the Hanukkah in Kentucky Strong Ale from Schmaltz Brewing. Plus, another brewer is taking a shot at Donald Trump. So settle up, beer buddies. This is Brew Bloods. Drink beer. Think beer. You're listening to Brew Bloods. Ideally, brewers interpret history, and through science, they create art. That from Don Spencer of Silver City Brewery. Oh, hey. That sounds good. That actually sounds like a legitimate quote. It's not. It's totally illegitimate. I once again <laughs> went into my uh, my basement that was built with these two hands. I summoned my minions, and together we spent 82 hours crafting that quote by hand. Not it, even really a real brewery. It's just the strip club that you frequent. It's Silver City Saloon. It's a small batch. Like, I'm going to go ahead and call that a brewery. That sounds good. It's a small batch, free-range quoting. When you woke up with vomit and glitter all over you at five in the morning, you came to that epiphany. So I wonder, is Silver City Brewery, is it in any way related to Silver City Cabaret here in <laughs> Dallas? I'm going to guess not, but it could be. Does you think that at Silver City Brewery, do they enjoy the same quality of lady parts that we enjoy at Silver City Cabaret here in Dallas off I-35? Uh, probably not. They probably don't display those so blatantly as they do over here but i could be wrong display what a deli tray yeah pressed ham i'm sure they don't have as much of that out there (laughs) some legs and eggs breakfast (laughs) you might be able to eat eggs and maybe off of legs but i bet it's not quite the same as it is here do you you think does you think that eating eggs off of legs do you think that is kosher with uh what, what do you call it the city code the health inspector. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> I know. That's, that's, that's a, a tough, tough, tough thing. It's a tough phrase. That definitely took you a little while to get there. I know. Things are, words are hard. Words is, words is hard. It's we, probably not kosher, no. Especially, well, maybe it depends on what part of the leg and if the leg was recently well, cleaned. Well, you, you say kosher, and that's funny because you're relating to the brew we're talking about today. Ha ha. Ha Not kosher necessarily, but is it up to health code if you were to take a stripper Lay her down, perhaps do a line of blow off her ass. That's kosher, I know. And that is also up to health code. But it's, if you wanted to... It's lay- at least done. I mean, it's at least possible to do. And nobody's going to say anything about it. Right. It, but if you wanted to just eat a nice sunny side up off her thigh, you think that's... Co- is that okay up to code? Maybe if you sanitize it first. Uh, Get some hand pump soap and a little water from the bathroom. <laughs> rub it over there. Wait, wait. The hand pump soap, which is conveniently provided by one of the va- bathroom valets there that you are go. at every freaking strip club. One of the, the tuxedo city. guys that pumps the soap out for you. They, Get a little of that or the hand sanitizer. Rub that over it. That they expect you to uh, tip them $20 just for uh, giving me a, a janky paper towel. Right. So, yeah, if you work with that guy in conjunction, you could probably make it work, yeah. Yeah, I'm, gu- I'm guessing you're right. I think we need to become... Uh, Health inspectors just enforce these, or not enforce these laws. I, I don't know what the proper. You probably can't is, eat like a sunny side up out of a butthole or anything. But if you do it down on the lower leg, it's probably all right. <laughs> it's okay on the on the upper thigh, <laughs> but not out of the anus. Yeah, that's my guess. I don't know. I'm not a health inspector. I'm just a, perfect, a professor of things. So I, <laughs> that's true. You're not. So I, if I wanted to filter a uh, a a very um, sunny side, not oh, an over very over easy egg into someone's butthole, and then suck it out back, suck it back out, that's not okay. Probably but not. If it's on the, in the we're back, theorizing here. We don't know. We don't know. It's a theory. True. We don't know it's in the Dallas City Code. But if I do it off the back of the knee, probably the, okay. Or if I do it straight out of the deli platter, it's fine. You might have to clean it off first. Maybe. That's maybe the only caveat. Maybe I take a rag on. to it, as my mom used to say. Yeah, take a rag to it. Take a rag to it. Welcome to episode fifty-six of Brew Bloods. 
your leading really isn't the stripper cast. That's your, that's another shorty. Your leading podcast for Dallas Health Inspector uh, <laughs> laws and bylaws. Who you can eat eggs off of? Come to us. Yes, if you want to eat eggs off of us, just donate our server expenses for one month. We and, can do that privately. And that's fine. Dustin will will butt chug an egg, and then you can <laughs> suck it back out of his butt. Yeah, maybe more than one month, but yeah. And then I will do a line of blow off myself, <laughs> off my own thigh. I cut out three ribs just for that. He already, just, does, he already does jello shots out of his own belly button. That's true. So it's not going to be that different. It won't be that different. You're absolutely right. <laughs> it's a it's a regular, regular Tuesday night occurrence here at the household, here in the... Uh, Brewbloods Studios. Puts it in the belly button, shoves them together a little bit, lets it drip down. Yeah, yeah it's it's a weird thing. Push I don't know together. why I watch it. That's the thing. That's true. It, I really it, shouldn't be watching it. And it's always on like like a grainy simulcast. <laughs> yeah. Like it was that Stephen Baldwin movie where he was spying on everybody. I think it's it was, like Sliver. Sliver, yes. It was a sli- yeah, I think it was Why sliver. do I know Sliver from that? <laughs> and, 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 that and says something about me. I've forgotten a lot of things over the years, but I remember a grainy video and Stephen Baldwin and Sliver. It's because it's because uh, we shared, we bonded over Sliver back in the day. <laughs> That and sexualizing videotape. Any softcore Cinemax uh, activities we modded over. That's right. Not forgetting when you uh, had a compilation of Skinamax movies and we wanted to watch it one night, as young boys are wont to do. And for some reason you got embarrassed or something and you threw the, you had it locked in your little lockbox and you said we we're going to watch it and then I think we were all, what, 12 or 13 at the time? And yeah. you threw the key into your overly laden closet and we could never find it again <laughs> i think i threw it in my parents bedroom actually or maybe that's what it was yeah yeah you i don't s- know why i did that you son of a bitch yeah that wasn't good so S- uh, still sorry for that more appropriately we should probably talk about beer in the show yes i think that's probably appropriate and the porn got- mini cast will come later <laughs> and <laughs> the health it's inspe- another shorty the health inspector cast will be our spinoff of the uh, porn mini cast <laughs> right but we've got two stories this week uh one is a follow-up to one we've talked about in the past and that was the Lawsuit by Evan Parent, which is such a generic, weird name, um, against especially if he has no kids. <laughs> That's a good point. You, sir, professor of things, then he's are just full of good points. Then he's just named badly. He should just be uh, Evan. Never re- reproduce. That's what he should change. Yeah, change his name to. No, we've got to, and this interestingly ties in with one of our other favorite personalities. But we'll get to that in a second. Uh, here in the bruise of the news. Now, Evan Parent launched a lawsuit against Miller Coors because Miller Coors. Falsely, according to him, falsely portrayed Blue Moon as craft beer. Um, however, Miller Coors put in for a dismissal of that case, and they won that. And this was adjudicated by none other than Mr. Donald Trump's favorite judge, Gonzalo Curiel. And, you know, the awesome thing about that, too, is I've never seen a judge use puffery in a uh, decision. Yeah, that's, it's, a, it's a wonderful legal word. Uh, he said, at qu- at be- um, sorry, in quote, at best, these advertisements contain generalized, vague, and unspecified assertions that amount to mere puffery upon which a reasonable consumer could not rely. Ugh, that's so elitist. Yes. But true. But yeah, puffery is probably a good word, but I think puffery is probably... It's pretty common run in advertising. Anytime you can use puffery, then that's a that's a good sentence. I think you completed a good sentence I there. I think this show is probably full of puffery. Oh, it's it's ninety nine percent puffery. And it's an interesting note here. For some reason, this feels very um, Burns esque from The Simpsons. Uh, a, the Miller Coors spokesman Martin Maloney said <laughs> the Chicago based company is pleased with the decision. Yes. Yes. Excellent. Just like, yeah, rubbing his finger hands together, yes, just excellent. touching his fingers together in a creepy way. Yes, yeah. So uh, Gonzalo Curiel, who we expect will be probably taking down Trump University now, 
As always, we have to mention this quote. They're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They're rapists. And some, I assume, are good people. <laughs> I figured you'd be using that for the next story, too. I am. I am. I'm moving all... on to the next story. But before we do that, do you agree with the, his decision? Because I do. Oh, yeah. I mean... I think this was a frivolous, nonsensical lawsuit, to be honest. I think Evan Parents or Evan Nonchild, um, <laughs> Evan non-push-out, was... <laughs> I think he was absolutely... Non-sperm donor. Now, if he had had a class, a class action... Uh, or a collection. Or a collection, yeah. It, that's the legal shortened terms, collection. <laughs> Even I, a class action would be dumb. You'd be full of idiots that don't know the Blue Moon's part of course. Yeah, it, it's a very... We live in the freaking age of the internet. If you ever want to look up Blue Moon, you can take a look I know, at it. I agree, I agree. And see that it is owned by Miller. And it's, if you're... And plus, what damages do you did you really suffer from that? You bought Blue Moon thinking right. it was craft beer, and then that did what? Made you not enjoy the Blue Moon as you drank it? Did you still like the beer? Did you still drink it and get your buzz and you get your get your uh, night going and get down on it? I get think you probably did. Yeah, I agree. So you really have no damages or no recourse here. It did seem very, very frivolous, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree completely with Curiel, and I will probably agree with him in his other landmark case that's coming up. And if you're that serious about it, look it up. Yes. Look it up before you drink it. Just go to ye old Wikipedia. Go to Untapped. It'll tell go you. Go to Untapped, yeah. Find sponsors of this show untapped. Just just type in to ask Jeeves, what are Blue Moon? Are okay. our, our Blue Moon craft beer? Okay, I, I wish they were fine sponsors, but if they ever want to sponsor us, we're Who, all Blue for Moon? It. No, untapped. Oh, yeah, untapped, of course. Of I mean, course. probably Blue Moon, too, but untapped. And if Lycos.com wants to sponsor us, <laughs> or ask Jeeves. Exactly. <laughs> Alta Vista. Alta Vista. <laughs> Prodigy. <laughs> Mindspring. If any of those would like to. Earthlink. <laughs> exactly. See, we also know things that we know are old internet companies, <laughs> old ISPs. Because we're old and we don't collect. Yes. with the millennial. We are old, yes. So moving on to uh, a certain uh, grapefruit-headed uh, man, in theory. Uh, <laughs> we've had, in the past, we had a brewery that's made, uh, back when Trump made that statement that we just featured. They're bringing drugs. Um Chicago's uh, five, ba- five, I'm sorry, five rabbit cerveceria put out a beer. He's already been drinking a lot. Today, Na- I, yeah, I have actually. I've been dealing, we finally got the studio complete, but I've had a lot of problems leading up to that. So yes, there was a lot I'll of tweet out a pic about the, uh, of the monitors that I get to see now. Yeah. <laughs> opposed to Mark. You should. But they made it a beer called uh, Chigatu Palo, uh, which their beer which is making fun of him when he made that initial statement. And uh, now another brewery, I really like this brewery's name, Spiteful Brewing, <laughs> has put out their own beer called Dum Donald. It's a double IPA brewed with key lime, which we've had that in when we were in Florida, which was a really, really good beer. That's a good combo. But they said that all this brings sour notes to a notoriously bitter brew. And the label, if you look at it, has a... Uh, monkey turning into a monkey with a Donald head into some sort of uh, beshorted, polo-shirted... Some kind of jorts guy. Uh, are those jorts? <laughs> I it I looks, don't know. They look. They, they almost look a little jortish. I'll tell you who it looks like. It looks like if you were to visit Trinity Hall in the fall, it looks like one of the young Republicans that swings out of SMU, uh, which is right across the street from uh, Trinity Hall. It looks like one of the... They have the sweaters tied neatly across the shoulders... They're looking very smart and white. It does have very bright pink shoes. Yes, exactly. They're looking very smart and young Republican. That's exactly what that looks like. So the uh, brewery said, uh, Dumb Donald, speaking of the beer, and maybe uh, Dumb Donald is, and the person is, well, dumb. So dumb, in fact, we named a beer after him. It's like he got caught in a pause halfway through evolution. (laughs) (laughs) The label says that the brain 
still functions, but a min- at a minimal level of a second grader, which may make you feel sorry for him. Uh, no. And then, of course, as a result, they uh, got some tweets. Um, some And one from uh, a lovely name, which I enjoy, on Vanilla Gorilla. He said, uh, way to pull off one of the dumbest marketing moves with the new label. You just lost half the American market. Hashtag batch. <laughs> nice hashtag. What a, what a, first of all, Vanilla Gorilla, a.k.a. at Congo Blanco. Uh, that's the dumbest hashtag that's ever been put out, possibly, <laughs> in it, all of Twitter's history. It doesn't really have a whole lot to do with what you're saying, either. No, it's just saying, I like the word batch. Yeah. Maybe it's saying, trying to say the word botch or bitch. Or it has, like, one, this is like a batch of beer. But, or may, or but maybe, what is that? That's so barely who, connected. But it, who would who would search for the hashtag batch? Unless you're looking for batch 19 from Coors. <laughs> Which, who isn't? Uh, I'm looking for that constantly. I have TweetDeck. <laughs> I have a TweetDeck column set up just for hashtag batch, which is how I found this tweet. Yes. And first of all, Spiteful Brewing does not have even all of the American market, let alone half the American market. <laughs> Therefore, they could not even lose half the American market, let alone even probably a quarter, which they probably don't even have. I don't even know what their distribution is, but I'm guessing it's very, very small. Yes. Relative to the whole American Relative market. Relative to the entire, entire mar- yeah, market. They could not have lost half. Therefore, Vanilla Gorilla, Congo Blanco, you're just guilty of being a little tiny Trump. You're fired. You are fired. You're fired. <laughs> so it's good to see. Um, uh, you know, do you like it? Uh, We've seen this recently in that Brewers taking political action. Do you think they should be doing that? Yeah, sure. I mean, that's their, that's, that's their thing. If the owner wants to do that, they're small. They're a small market. I got no problem with it. I mean, I don't even... I mean, look, Budweiser's doing the same thing by labeling themselves America. True. I mean, I don't care. It doesn't matter. It doesn't bother me. Or it doesn't bother me. Um, if they... I don't know if I would do it much as a brewery just because it's easier not to deal with that, <laughs> but... To be apolitical? Yeah, but if you if you feel that passionate about it, sure, why not? Yeah, I don't mind... If you're a small business, I don't mind you voting with your brewery dollar. It's not like you're held in, the pub, uh, in, a, in a public trust... Sure. So like people own shares in most breweries, so I feel like a brewery can do whatever they want. I mean, if some brewery wanted to make um, anti-Hillary beer, which I'm sure will probably happen, sure. go for it. I don't care. I won't buy it, but go for it. What you if can, they? Uh, you, re- as a, as what a, if they rebrand uh, Pliny as an anti-Hillary beer, but then then you can get it. Well, I don't have access to it anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I won't buy it unless it's really good. I don't. Yeah. It, <laughs> and if you do, you'll have to sneak it into your house. Yeah, that's true. It's true. My uh, my wife might break every single bottle and then slash them across my eyes if that were the case. That's probably true. True, she would pick, uh, picky blinders you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, she would get a flat cap just for the occasion. Yes. And stuff. Uh, Hillary the Elder shards into her cap and then slash them across my eyes. But no, I, I don't care. Whatever they want to do is fine. I agree. You're a private citizen. It's your business. You do sure. what you want with your money. It and and then like I said, I probably wouldn't just because I don't want to deal with it. But and, I, and then, I don't I don't have any problem with them doing it. And then other beer drinkers will then will vote with their dollar literally True. in that case. And if it doesn't succeed, well, you're it's your fault for making that decision. That's a good point. Okay, well, moving on to That's the beer this point. week, we're going to take on another fairly large brewer, and um, it's interesting that we just now got this beer. But we are going to be taking on Schmaltz Brewing, Schmaltz, and Hanukkah in Kentucky. A somewhat forgotten style in modern beer tastes, 
Old ales have a long and varied history. Due to their long aging, old brewing methods, recipes, and historical reverence, old ales are slowly making a comeback thanks to modern beer nerds. Dating back to the 16th century England, old ales are a type of strong ale, which is similar to a barley wine. They tend to be darker, sweeter, and more hopped than a barley wine ale. Originally, hopped ales could be kept for longer periods of time without going bad. English brewers discovered that if you let a beer age in a barrel, the aging provided some oxidative and vinous qualities, and with the addition of Britannomyces yeast, the beer would metabolize any leftover sugars to create a musty barnyard ale. Any ale brewed at the end of spring could be consumed fresh, or could be blended with ale that was left over from the fall, called stock ale, to give the impression that it had been aged. The blending of fall ale, or old ale, with the spring ale became common practice in the UK for the first half of the 18th century and helped create porters. When mass production of ale started, old ales were no longer necessary, but the style lived on in imperial stouts and Baltic porters. From old ales, we also get Burton ales, which are ales that were created in Burton-on-Trent during the 1700s and disappeared in the early 20th century, but that's for another time. Due to wartime taxation and scarcity of raw materials, old ales saw a sharp decline around World War I. After World War II, the style gained in popularity again, but fell off in the early 1980s. In the past few years, old ales and barley wine ales have started to gain in popularity and have distinctly separated themselves, though today's old ales are usually bottle-aged instead of the traditional cask aging. Old ales range from 4 to 12% ABV. Tasty notes include malt with various shades of caramel, chocolate, and with a fruity sweetness. They are low attenuated beers with high levels of dextrins. The color should be very dark brown to almost black. Examples include Theakston Old Peculiar, Fuller's 1845, North Coast Old Stock Ale, Founders Old Curmudgeon, and Great Divide Hibernation. So we have not ever done anything from schmaltz brewing now that's true that's not to say that we don't have experience with schmaltz brewing <laughs> some I, of us have more experience some of than us others have more experience with schmaltz brewing than others <laughs> sometimes it might have involved doing the carlton on new year's eve it might have involved drinking a whole lot uh doing the carlton and letting the bottle fly across <laughs> a friend's floor might have splashed on the wall <laughs> Well, what happened was I had a glass of champagne for the new year, which was the only thing I drank that day since I was the DD. And I didn't really get to enjoy that because Mark was doing his Carlton and ran into me and knocked it all over the all over the wall <laughs> and then proceeded to yell at me, why did you fling your champagne all over the wall at the top <laughs> of his lungs? It was, was it was quite an event. This is what, uh, God, is what, three or four years ago now? Yeah, probably four years ago. Yeah, this is before we had Uber, so we had to have a, a DD. Yeah. And we were at a friend's house, our friend Julie. And uh, I'd had a few. I'd yeah. had, a, had a few pops. Had a couple of pops. And I decided to cap off the night with a Schmaltz Brewing. I don't remember which one it was. But it was a 16%er, though, I believe. I believe you're right. It was a 16%. <laughs> I decided that was a good way to cap off the night. <laughs> of course. Because when you're drinking a lot, the higher ABVs sound great. It, yeah, you just you want to continue to send the levels yeah. until you reach the top of that ziggurat. It doesn't uh, matter that the other ones you already had will catch up with you no. after you drink that one. You don't uh, think about that. I don't know what you're talking about. There's no compounding yeah. there. Yeah, you don't think about that. Especially when you're not eating. I'm just... I was more in the mood to, you know, just drink my food. I'm pretty sure it was food. the Jubilation Sweet 16. I'm pretty sure that's the uh, one it was. I think you're right. Yeah, yep. yeah, I think you're right. That yeah. does sit with a 16% ABV, so I'm almost positive that was yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
So we've experienced it. We've had schmaltz in the past. And Mark has really experienced it. Uh, yeah. I don't remember a lot about... I mean, I do... I don't... Let's put it this way. I don't remember that moment. Yes. I remember drinking the beer. <laughs> I remember a lot of the things that led up to that beer. You don't remember it falling out of your mouth and spraying everywhere? No. I, I, I remember the act of... Entering into the Carlton. <laughs> and it, it just kind of fell apart from there. And things are just kind of uh, just kind of a, a flat line from there, yes. Yeah. I remember going home. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, everything else is kind of, I wouldn't even say fuzzy, they're just non-existent. <laughs> that was just, yeah, that was a clean erase yeah. there for a little period of time. And that wasn't the first big uh, spill I'd had around our pal Julie, because way back when, it was probably 2005-ish, 2006, I had not been, I didn't really didn't start drinking until I was about 24 or 25. And boy, have I made up for that time, that <laughs> lost time. Um, but back then, so we were over for, um, there's a Swedish holiday. This is back when Stefan was living here. And boy, I'm drawing a blank on the name. But anyways, it's called uh, Midsummer, And they celebrate Midsummer in Sweden. Like the and Night's Dream? Yes. Oh. I think it's called Midsummer. Okay. Anyway, at we'll, any rate, we'll say it is. Well, uh, sure. We'll go with it. I can't remember. Yeah, at any, whatever. Anyways, it involves a lot of vodka, a lot of, uh, or distilled grains and basically everybody goes around the table and everybody makes a toast and everybody takes a shot oh there you and, go and uh yeah this is a, uh and not having quite the uh, fatty liver that i have now i couldn't quite handle that <laughs> and so there's a yeah i ended up passing out in the chair but before that apparently there was a dance party of which i have no recollection and apparently i spilled an entire glass of red wine all over julie that night <laughs> Yeah. That's fun times. So it is good times in Cleveland today. <laughs> um, of course. Yeah. So I apologize threefold to Julie. Actually, a hundredfold for all those spills. Probably won't be the last time. Yeah. It'll probably happen again, but I'm trying to minimize those things. But so, yeah, not our first experience with Schmaltz Brewing. And I got to say, up till now, I've never had this particular beer. We're talking about the Hanukkah in Kentucky from Schmaltz Brewing. And I've never, I've never disliked a beer from them. So far that I've had. I, I haven't drank everything they've had, but sure. when something pops its head up here in this uh, region of the country, I've had it, and I've enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. Um, I, I, I'm with you. I don't. I haven't had like a ton of exposure to them, but I have enjoyed the limited exposure I've had to them. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's, a, weird, it's a weird thing because the Hanukkah in Kentucky, and we're just... Uh, the reason we're drinking this now is because it just showed up on our shelves at our uh, local beer store, uh, Total Wine. Not really local, but not a, not a tiny guy. It just showed up last week. Yes. And so I didn't even... I didn't really think about it. I didn't really connect the dots until I read the label, which mentions... The description of the beer mentions that it was specifically made for the Festival of Lights, Hanukkah. Yes. So we're getting this a little bit late in the year. Yeah, it is. It is relative to when it actually should have come out uh, per the actual holiday. That is definitely true. Yeah, it says uh, on the beer, the bottle itself. No matter what st- what state you find yourself in, you now hold a rare and precious offering, a barrel aged interpretation of our official chosen beer of this holiday season. <laughs> we hope Hanukkah in Kentucky will add another gift of miraculously tasty beer uh, flavors to your eight crazy nights, or to whatever moments you choose to bring a little shine. Share a bottle with your favorite friends and family and delight in the warming of the season. So it's plenty warm here sure. this season, here in mid-June yes. 2016. Now, just to give a little background on this brewery as well, just a couple of little interesting notes of it. Um, the fact that it did win nine gold and five silver medals in the World Beer Championships in 2012 and that it was rated one of the top 100 brewers in the world by Rate Beer. I would say we're probably not the only people that, that do like them. So I think that's, Good point. I think that's pretty interesting. 
I'd like to go down some of these just to see if you've actually had any of their other beers that you remember. I know we talked about that we've had a few of them. Some of these definitely come out uh, and come to top of mind when I read them, uh, but a lot of them I have not had. Um, have you had Bittersweet Lenny's RIPA? I think I have. That is their highest rated beer yeah. with the most reviews at 97. They have a Messiah Nutty Brown Ale that doesn't do quite as well. It's in the 50s. Genesis Ale that's in the 30s. Uh, Hot Mama IPA that's a 93. Pomegranate Ale, which I believe I have had. I have had, yes. That was uh, good. They rated it as a 49. I think that's a little low. I enjoyed that beer. Yeah, I remember I remember thinking it was good. Uh, Jubilation 11. I think they, Don't they have a whole Jubilation uh, series? Yeah, yeah. They have the Jubilation 11, the 12. Um, I think they put out a new Jubilation every year. Well, yeah. I guess they would because the, the Sweet 16 is the one you got nice and drunk on. Yeah. Jubilation 12. Uh, all the Jubilations get pretty high ratings. Uh, better, they have a whiskey barrel age version of the RIPA that also gets a really that. high rating. So they seem to kind of be, you know, the Jubilation series and their IPAs seem to do really well. well. I don't think that, obviously, the Jubilation 2016 was not for the year 2016. That was for the ABV, I think. Yes, but, exactly. But I think they do a Jubilation for every year. No, that may be true, yeah. yeah. But it's kind of interesting. When they venture off of the IPA realm, then they tend to not do as well. And, well, I don't understand that. Again, I, I don't understand because, like, I really enjoyed the Pomegranate Ale. I obviously enjoyed the Sweet 16. <laughs> uh, and the other Jubilations I've had, I've, I've really enjoyed as well. And I will say, it seems I could be wrong, and I probably am, but it seems like they they tend to focus more on the higher ABV beers. Yeah, I think you're wrong. I probably am. No, I mean, if you look across, most of them are 10, you know, 8, 10, 11, 12. I mean, most of them are. They have some that are in the fives, and they don't do as well. So yeah. all their good beers are the high, AB, uh, high ABV beers. So I guess let's find out about Schmaltz Brewing. Schmaltz Brewing Company is an American craft brewing company located in Clifton Park, New York. It currently produces the Hebrew line of beers. It used to produce the Coney Island beer line as well, but that was acquired by Boston Beer Company in 2013. Founder and owner Jeremy Cohen started the company in San Francisco in 1996. He delivered the first 100 hand-bottled Hebrew cases of beer throughout the Bay Area in his grandmother's Volvo. Hebrew now sells across 37 states through 40 wholesalers and nearly 5,000 retailers. In 2007, Schmaltz released a new line of craft brew lagers under the Coney Island banner. The Coney Island brand was recently acquired by Alchemy and Science, a craft beer incubator owned by Boston Beer Company. After 17 years of being a force for contract brewing, Schmaltz changed direction and opened its own New York State production brewery in Clifton Park, New York. Schmaltz's new facility boasts a 50-barrel brew house with 30,000 barrels of annual capacity. The new brewery packages 12 and 22-ounce bottles and kegs of their diverse core of seasonal favorites and hosts fans and beer tourists in their new tasting room for tours, barrel-aged previews, and special releases. Hebrew beer is widely recognized for its playful yet earnest study of Jewish, world, and pop culture histories. Each label of Hebrew beer lists facts and quotations related to the beer's inspiration and its ingredients. The BJCP for an American Strong Ale, which is what this uh, Hanukkah in Kentucky is, is the overall impression that it should be a strong, full-flavored American ale that challenges and rewards the palate with full and malty and hoppy flavors. The aroma should be medium to high hop aroma. The appearance should be medium amber to deep copper. Flavor should be medium to high dexterous malt with a full range of caramel, toffee, and dark fruit flavors. As again, we don't know what dark fruit are. I'm guessing they're evil fruit. <laughs> uh, they're, they're, fruit they're the ones you have to double smash. They're fruit with goatees. Uh, the flavor is strong, rich malt flavor with a noticeable hot flavor and bitterness. Mouthfeel should be full-bodied and chewy, not like Chewbacca. Like Gribbish from a Merle? <laughs> exactly. 
And uh, historically speaking, they're usually the strongest ale offered by a brewery, though I don't think this is the case this time. That is not the case this time, for sure. Maybe the strongest ale. Maybe the strongest... Well... I guess it's a pale ale. IPAs are pale ales. Yeah, exactly. I don't... This is not the strongest by far. Yeah, it's not the strongest ale. Well, yeah... I don't know what they how they classify ale. It depends on what they're saying there. If they just want like straight up ales, or if they if they count Indian pale ales, sometimes people separate those. Good point. So the ABV for the Hanukkah in Kentucky is eight percent. There was no IBU listed. An untapped it gets three point seven two out of about seventeen hundred uh, unique reviews on uh, on untapped. Eight rate right beer gets an eighty nine overall, six two in style, and Beer Advocate gives it an eighty two. I think it's interesting they use uh, Heaven Hill and Jim Beam bourbon barrels uh, to age this as well. So Heaven Hill is Jim Beam is interesting. Heaven yeah. Hill seems to be a frequent player in the bourbon aging scene these days. Yeah, it is. I just thought it's kind of an interesting combo that they they're doing that. Yeah, I wonder what the difference is in the barrels. I I am not a bourbon. I would I I enjoy bourbon, but I would hesitate to even say I'm a connoisseur of it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like I'm like a a bourbon passerby. That I enjoy bourbon when I've had it. I don't seek it out on regular occasions, so I couldn't tell you that big of a difference between all the flavors. Now, I do think this is interesting. They, in the commercial description, give you some details of what you should expect from this. Uh, they say it should pour a dark chestnut, uh, dark chestnut in color with ruby highlights and a creamy beige head. The nose is big and slightly tart with a mix of toasted malt, dark chocolate, woody oak, and the noticeable aroma of bourbon barrels. The first taste is slightly sweet with notes of dark cherry and a confection of toffee, caramel, and hints of vanilla. As it warms, the bourbon character fades, making it, uh, making the toffee, chocolate, sweet caramel, vanilla bean, and woody oak become more pronounced. So, we should have all of these different flavors hitting. We have a specific way the first taste should be slightly sweet with so, notes of dark chocolate. Let's just go this point by point then. What they say we, we, they say we should experience. So they say. Or Shay. Yes. So what do they say on aroma? Uh, let's go back. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Uh, back that ass up. <laughs> a noticeable aroma of uh, bourbon barrels. Okay. On first whiff, through my cocaine riddled nose, nostril passages. Yes, it's all torn up. You may not even be able There's to a lot of anything. Now, I'm, you know, this is probably hampering the review, but I am getting a lot of blood leaking into this beer. <laughs> so that's probably... That doesn't add to the aroma, though. Maybe no, the no, color. no. It's probably detracting from the aroma. But I will say, despite the blood that is leaking just constantly down my face, I will detect, I detect a uh, strong bourbon aroma there. The nose is big and slightly tart with the mix of toasted malt, dark chocolate, woody oak, and the noticeable aroma of bourbon barrels. Toasty there, definitely. Not, yeah. not my preferred Texas toast, but is it a, it is a toasted malt for it's sure. It's like an artisan toast. Yeah, it's a small batch, free-range toast for sure. Handcrafted. I get chocolate and woody oak from it, actually. Uh, I definitely smell like a... It's weird, and it's probably more the bourbon side, but I, I smell like more like a rum. Yeah. Like a rum's aroma there. It's probably the bourbon, yeah, since rum's not like, involved. Maybe like a Cruzan, 100 proof. That's <laughs> nah, not that strong. Another another uh, detracting whiskey that I've had an experience with. Another, uh, another time you've had blackout <laughs> periods. A mind wiper, as it, as it were. <laughs> yeah, it, it works just like that uh, machine for Men in Black, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Over that. Yeah, it's, it's liquid version of that thing. <laughs> Although you never knew it, so it's a little different than that. True. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, the appearance is... It's pretty nice. It's pretty thick. Yeah, if you again holding it up to the one pen light that I have in my uh, in the studio here, 
Uh, if it is it's very, like just a, it's a slight, slight little ray of sunshine that comes through the bottom of the yeah, door. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it pours dark chestnut and the color and uh, color. So it is very dark. Ruby but, highlights and a cream beige head. But I will say, say it, I will. I do see the ruby coming through this. Yeah, yeah. There is some ruby. There highlights. is a there is a nice tinge of ruby if you really hold it up to the light. There's a tiny beige head on top too. Uh, yeah, but we've so we've seen thinner heads on on ales before. This we is have. actually it's a it's a light like root beer esque color. Um, yeah, it's just I don't know when people note the head, I would think it'd be a little thicker than this, but it's not bad. It, I guess it's, it, it's definitely there. It poured very thick and it's highly carbonated. This oh yeah, it's, it's highly carbonated. It poured highly carbonated. It seems to remain highly highly carbonated. That I mean, even despite the lack of light, um, we have like one little tiny miner's light in this in this little office. But you that's kind of it's kind of faded too. It's like the batteries are about to die. Yeah. On. It's like the so it's not like a powerful light. It's like um, what was that movie? The horror movie that came out where everybody the 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 ladies were going for some sort of cave expedition and they all got trapped underground and the monsters attacked them. I remember you got really claustrophobic in this this movie. Cave ladies? Uh, sure, it was called Cave Ladies. Yeah. Do you remember that movie where they were all trapped do, in a yeah. cave and they were trying to get out and it turned into some? I have no idea what it was called. Horror but movie. Yeah. But it, yeah, it's like the lights they ladies had in the were, caves. La- yes, it was cave ladies. Yeah. And it was blinking out. Well, it's kind of like the light in this room. Yes, it's very much like the light in this room. Uh, but it does provide enough light to see that ruby redbird curl- color there. That just tiny, tiny bit of ruby. Yes. And that tiny flicker of light. I'm it's kind of like, it's pretty much like living in the 1500s with a flickering candle in here. Yeah, and at any moment, the uh, Crusaders might bu- uh, bust in and ba- uh, bash in all of our heads. <laughs> That's very true. They might curb stomp us in a Fruit of Loom sta- uh, fashion. That's true. Uh, now, lastly, taste, what are we to expect, according to Schmaltz? The first taste is slightly sweet, with notes of dark cherry and a confection of toffee, caramel, and hints of vanilla. So let's see if we get that. So what do you, well, before we do that, before you taste, what are you, what are you expecting out of this beer? Because I'm expecting uh, it to have a confection of toffee, caramel, and hints of vanilla. Generic. <laughs> no, that's actually very specific. It is very specific, but that's not coming from you. Uh, you know, I expect it to be, I expect this to be... Way better than the last strong ale we had. No offense to Maine and the lobster farmers from the last strong ale. I we would had. never want to f- uh, offend no, a lobster farmer. I mean, no, I mean, no offense to them. Yeah, but I expect this to be a better version of that. Actually, that's kind of my expectation. I didn't, I didn't dislike it as much as you did, but I, I like it. I think it's going to be better than that one. That's all I'll say. I, w- I do wonder: Did Schmaltz actually make an appearance in Kentucky for this beer? Did they actually go and consult uh, some hillbillies up Probably in not. yonder mountain, up in some holler? Did they consult them and say, "How can we make a beer together?" You know, it's kind of interesting that one of the basic strong ales that they compare this to is uh, an arrogant bastard. Interesting. If it's anything like that, uh, I don't know. I- I'm interested to see what I'm interested to see what it's going to be. I-, I feel like it's going to be a lot sweeter than that. It might be. It might be. I don't know. I'm, I'm expecting... I always expect big things from Schmaltz. Um, I've, again, I've enjoyed most of their beers. But uh, I hope this doesn't fall along the lines of more of their other lower ABV and thus lower, a, uh, lower rated beers. Oh, yeah. I really don't think it will, to be honest with you. Just based on aroma alone, I'm really enjoying this beer. Yeah, the aroma is great. So, taste. Taste. Oh, we didn't even say... Did you enjoy the aroma? Did you enjoy the appearance? <laughs> I did enjoy the aroma and the appearance. We did talk about it. Eh, vaguely. All right. I mean, we talked more about the poor conditions we're in, but... Well, when you're in dire straits, you have to <laughs> really... When you're near death all the time. Yeah, you have to plead for charity. Podcasting charity. 
It's very thick. I'll give it that. It's very chewy. It's a little more... It's got a sour bent to it. A little you sour know, wang to it. You know, weirdly, too, it's almost like too much carbonation. <laughs> like, think? it almost has like a soda taste to it at the very beginning. Like, it's kind of got a thinner... A thinner taste than I'm used to with a lot of beers. I'll put it that way. Thinner? Yeah, I know you say it, it feels really thick, but it almost has like a, I don't know, like a soda texture to it a little bit for me. I think it's way thicker than a soft drink. And like I, I feel like a ton of carbonation came with that sip. Well, I, yeah, but I don't compare that to a soft drink at all. I mean, it. I mean, I'm a connoisseur of thick things in my well, mouth, and well, that's do. pretty thick. <laughs> I do compare it. Man, it's, that's but interesting. Do you, do you compare a kiss to a rose? I do. On the gray, I do. Yeah, I mean, I do you get all the notes that they talked about? Do you get some dark cherry? Yeah, I get... Toffee, caramel? Again, I don't know what a dark fruit is, if yeah. you're, unless you're talking raspberries and blackberries. <clears throat> well, yeah, I don't Poison know. berries. Yeah, I don't know about that either. Old strawberries. I don't know what dark cherry is versus cherry. Blueberries but. that I've shot in the head. Yeah. Maybe that, or maybe they're just evil fruit. Like I said, they have little goatees and little, little tiny salt. They might. Ones. That's very possible. But I definitely get some dark cherries. I definitely get, um, I definitely get the bourbon notes. The weird thing to me, and, and, and I think this kind of might be true of strong ales in general, is a little bit of a sour note. And I think it might come from the bourbon barrels. It's kind of a weird play. And I think it might be a combination. I'm no expert, but it might be a combination of the, the mixing of the bourbon with the uh, fruits. Yeah. And as we all know, we're, we're a big fan of killing fruit. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's one of our things we do and that we're noted for. Probably the only thing. It's not our mantra, but it's what we're known for. All right, exactly. It's not our theme, but it's what we do. It's not all, all we're about, but it's, it's a thing we live for. <laughs> Pretty much. Killing fruit. Uh, yeah. Compared to like an arrogant bastard, it's way different than that for me. Uh, to be fair, I have not had an arrogant bastard in, oh, boy. A, wow. by, a long, long here's, time. Here's super craft beer, Mark. No, no. What's the it, new hotness? I don't have the staples anymore. No, I just I haven't had one, and <laughs> since they came out with the new line of Arrogant Bastard, I haven't I haven't, I haven't had, had the new a, line either. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I, I'm saying it's been so long that I have not even had the new Arrogant Bastard. Yeah. So I can't really compare that. Um, I'm trying to. Th- it kind of reminds me of, inappropriately so, the North Coast Old Stock Ale, which is an old ale, not a strong ale, but they're not that dissimilar. Whereas the I, th- I believe the North Coast. Old stock ale to be a little sweeter and definitely smoother, not as carbonated. Yes, and uh, definitely more boozy than this beer is, but they're not that incomparable. And uh, that North Coast ale, though, is a higher ABV. Probably, I think it's aged even longer, and it's a it's a really really good beer. But this is not that far off from that. I feel like if maybe you took this beer and aged it uh, for a couple of years, I bet it would turn out pretty well. Yeah, I can see that. It's like you said, it's. Also interesting drinking it in the middle of the summer when it's a winter seasonal. Yeah. Um, and I, I know that it shouldn't have too much effect on it, but it does a little bit. Um, man. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's it's a really interesting combo of things. It's not qu- actually quite as bourbon barrel-y as I kind of expected. It's not, it's not lacking it, but I just expected with the use of Heaven Hill and Jim Beam and specifically going to Kentucky and really pushing that angle on it. I just kind of expected that to be a little more prominent. Well, and, I tell you, have it more boozy, kind of like, not maybe not on the lines quite of a Tokyo, but, you know, something more like that, like extremely boozy. And it's not. And I don't know. That might make for a better balanced beer, actually, but that's just not what I expected. I couldn't tell you what effect the Jim Beam versus Heaven, Heaven's Hill 
barrels had an effect on this beer. Well, you should. Uh, That's kind of your thing. You're the professor of yeah, stuff. That's not what I'm known for. Barrels or stuff. Um, so I can't really, I can't really speak to that. I really don't know. I mean, it definitely has a bourbon quality to it. It's not unlike many of the, the other bourbon barrel beers that we've had over time, but it's not as good as a lot of those at the same time. For me, <laughs> it's a little too sour. Uh, the, there's a there's a noticeable hop tinge there, which is not bad. It provides like a little little acidity to the sweetness, yeah. which is kind of a nice and, balance. And I'm not necessarily talking to specific flavors from those barrels. I just figured the fact that they're talking about how they did it with two different yeah, sets of barrels, I, I just expected more barrel aged. Right. I, w- I would like to see. I would like to at least hear maybe from Schmaltz. Um, okay, let's say we put it only through one of those barrels. Or Boston Beer Company. Or them, yeah. Yep. Uh, if we only put it through one of those barrels, how did it turn out versus putting out through two of those barrels? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That would be interesting. But, you know, they do deliver all the flavors that they mention. <laughs> like, you do... Oh, yeah, absolutely. You do get the toffee, you get some chocolate. Uh, sweet caramel, maybe a little. Uh, I definitely get some vanilla, though. Yeah, I, there's... I think everything that they describe is there in that bottle, and for that, I give them kudos. And woody oak. I mean... That that is there. There's an element of that. Like there's an effect on the tongue that makes it seem like it's kind of woody oak flavored, which is kind of different. And for that, I again, I give them all those things that they point out. Props for meeting all those points. Yeah, uh, a couple of just other notes that people have said. Not a bad sipping drink. Maybe. Yeah, I could see. It. It's probably not one you're going to chug. So I guess I could say it's more of a sipper. This full body brew, well balanced and downright kicks ass. I don't know if I'd go quite that far, but it's it's definitely uh, not a bad beer. Medium body, nicely balanced. I I tend to agree with this person. I know you don't. You think it's thick, but I think medium medium body is probably probably about fair for it. But everybody's giving it. You know, there's not really anybody just slamming it um, through any of these ratings. I, I did think it was interesting. I don't know if you pointed this out when you're reading the ratings. But the fact that Rapier gave it an 89 overall and a 62 in style, I feel like that's really low in style relative to the overall. And I, I still don't quite understand how they do those ratings, to be honest with you, when they're that far off. But Well, it's it's more of the first category is, is it, is it more of a good beer compared to all of the beers? And the other yeah. Ones? How does it, compared to all of the beers within that style, how does it rate? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess I understand the basic concept. It just seems weird that... It's weird that they're so disparate. Yeah, if it's really that far off, then it's probably not a great beer because it was striving for that style. Right. So they're basically saying, oh, man, you made a good beer, but you called it a double IPA, and it's terrible for that. Like, it's just kind of right. it's kind of a weird difference in the, in the ratings, I guess. Yes, yes, I agree. So ratings. Ratings. So... I, again, I've I've had a lot of experience with Schmaltz in various forms and incarnations, a lot of spills, and I've enjoyed just about everything I've had from them. I I don't dislike this beer they have. I think it could do with a little more. Um, you don't dislike this beer they have. Eh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I think he, I think it could do with some aging, and maybe a, maybe a little more time in the barrels, um, because I think for me right now it's a little bit sour. Which and, is funny to me, just for the fact that they we are getting it late relative to when it was released. Yeah, but that's not because it was in the barrels. It's just no, I know, but it just it, it's still been aged, like shelf aged or yeah, yeah, whatever at this point. But I think you could do with some more time in the barrels. Uh, I think I think it would really, really benefit from that, from the all those sweet notes and and molassesy notes and the woody notes it picks up from those barrels. I think you could really, really benefit from that. And I think as a result, it would be a much better beer. And I think it's a very Adele thick-bodied 
fat bottom girl beer. It's pretty it's pretty thick. It's pretty chewy. It's not the thickest beer I've had. Um, it's no Dom DeLuise, but it's it's I would if I'm gonna compare it to somebody, it's like it's like an Adele. She's got a thick bottom. It may maybe like a, it's not a Kim Kardashian, but it's a it's an Adele. She's a full bodied lady. Um, taste wise, a little sour, as I said, but all the notes that they that they proclaimed are all there. It's very a uh, lot of fruity cherry notes, which is good. A lot of vanilla, a lot of bourbon there. I again, I can't see the difference, and I don't know what uh, I don't know what the difference between Jim Beam and the Heaven's Hill uh, barrels are, are giving this beer. I would like to understand that more. I'd like to have more of an, an education on that. But to me, it doesn't really stand out that much in this beer. A lot of carbonation, which I actually enjoy. A difference from a lot of beers we've had. So all that summed up nicely in a, a nice little, a nice little uh, brown paper package with a white string. I'm going to give it a 3.75 out of 5. Wow, that's actually higher than I thought you'd give it. I think it's got a lot of potential. That's what I'm trying to say. Is it has a lot of potential. I think a few things could be tweaked, and it could be even better. Sure. Uh, for me, I don't think it's I don't think it's as thick bodied as you do for sure. I tend to agree with some of the reviewers on Rate Beer that it's kind of a medium bodied deal. I do think it's maybe for me it's maybe a little too carbonated. Uh, it's not it doesn't take away too much, but it's maybe just a little too carbonated for me. I think it's a very complex beer. And I think they've done a good job at adding a lot of complexity to it. It does hit everything on the head that it's looking for. Everything that they say that is here in the commercial description, I would say most all of it is there, if not all of it. Some of it's a little less pronounced, and you might not have caught it if you didn't know what you're looking for. But when you do know, you can tell it's there. And knowing is half the battle. Yes, and, and like I say, some of it's subtle, but it's definitely there. As someone who has had Jim Bean on occasion in their life... And that's pal. I actually think that Jim Bean is the part that takes away a little bit from the bourbon barrel element from it, honestly, because Jim Bean to me is a little bit, a little bit lower quality, and it's kind of the kind of the baseline bourbon. If you're going to go out and get a bourbon, if you want the house, it's going to be almost Jim Bean level. It's no Pappy Van Winkle. Yeah, no, it's definitely not. But I think Heaven Hill is a little higher end, and I think oh, yeah, they probably would have been. They probably would have been served better to just stick with Heaven Hill, but I'm assuming they were trying to do some, you know, Kentucky Cross thing, and that's that's part of why they did it with Jim Bean too. But for me, I think that's probably part of what took away from it. I think if you had longer in those barrels, you would have had more sour taste actually from the from the Jim Bean, to be honest with you. But I don't know that for a fact, but that's my assumption based on how regular Jim Bean tastes. So for that, I would probably recommend maybe not using them again and still maybe bourbon barrel aging the same thing and just having hill barrels just to see how it's different. And I think you'd probably come up with something better. Or something that, yeah, I think I think it would have less of that sour edge to it for sure. Overall, though, I'm not disappointed with it. It's not, it's not the best bourbon barrel beer I've had by 50 miles. So, but it had a lot of unexpected things to it let me put it that way it had a lot of unexpected flavors a lot of different stuff that i i didn't expect to well let me take that back it wasn't unexpected but it i'm surprised to deliver on every little intricate detail that they said the way it did so i definitely give them props for that i think this is a beer that they should probably try again and that they could do maybe slightly differently and i think it would be a really really solid beer 
and especially on the bourbon barrel side, I think that's probably the most that it's lacking. I, I think the cherry and the toffee and caramel and all that, I think they hit that. I think the bourbon barrel is what kind of brought it down for me. I don't even mind the carbonation or the medium body. That's perfectly fine. I think it's the bourbon barrels that miss. So for me, I would give this beer a 3.50. Giving us a final score of 3.625. Well, thank you for listening to yet another episode of Broodbloods. Unfortunately for you, last week we tried to record a shorty for the Prairie Bomb, and it didn't turn out so well. Maybe it was good for you that you didn't Might hear it. Might have been good for you, yeah. We had, uh, we had a Prairie Bomb last week. We were, trying to, we were reading our tax statements out by the pool, and we tried to record an episode, and it was really hissy and muffly so i just deleted it there's a lot of ambient noise to my yeah. understanding i never listened to it but well it was like it was like we were recording in like richard nixon's office we were though weren't we fans were on whirling fans and it was just like a lot of <sighs> and people were trying to talk the entire time it was really really bad so it didn't didn't work out so good it was like recording in lbj's office from the nutsack to the bung the bunghole <laughs> From an insect to a bunghole. <laughs> exactly. Um, but maybe we'll try that again at some point, and I will evaluate the Prairie Bomb for a third time. Yes. Although in the near future, we may have their uh, Apple Brandy Noir coming up. Well, at least revisit Prairie. At, yes, at that very least. At the very, very least. Well, thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed our show, please go to iTunes and leave us a, re- a rating and a review. We would appreciate it. That would help us out quite a bit. Thank you to Stefan for contributing with the uh, old ale segment, the education bit. Still haven't heard his KBS review. Nope, still waiting on that. Yeah. He still did not uh, give us that. Check us out on all the uh, social networks, Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We are in Brewbloods on all of that. If you want to follow us personally, I am at the mark with a C, and that guy over there is at the WS9775. It's very confusing. Just follow us at Brewbloods. Uh, yeah, That's really if, all you, if need you to follow do. some Brewbloods, links to our personal accounts are on the uh, profile. Our personal accounts aren't as interesting. Just follow the Brewbloods. They, they, I don't know. This guy over here across the monitor from me, way across. It's like the China, the wall of China. Yeah, you'll see the Great Wall. It's a very Trump-esque uh, <laughs> wall of monitors yeah. built here. Anyways, that guy's pretty interesting guy. Pretty interesting. Tw- uh, uh, I'm not twatter. too great. I'm not too great. If you have any feedback on the show, you can email us at brewbloodshow at gmail.com. And you can, if you see any news that you want us to talk about, as Nicky Bay has uh, done several times, you can email us there. Uh, we are on Reddit, reddit.com slash r slash brewbloods. Or you can call us at 469-573-BEER. It's 469-573-2337, and we're always looking to do beer trades. So, we're always up for that. <laughs> uh, that is true. Uh, dry mouth. Getting dry mouth. Passing out. So, for Dustin, I am Mark. For Mark, I'm Dustin. of things. For Mark, I'm Dustin. Still. Professor of stuff. Probst. Probst. <laughs>